you're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chewy Side 55, Carlos Fonseca, and Brian Reeves. Hey, guys. How you doing? All right. Brian, you haven't been on in a while. You just telling me you've been out boating a lot, uh, running the ocean, huh? Yeah, yeah. Some other hobbies have kind of come up. I started playing hockey again, which takes away Sunday afternoons, and uh, got my boat back, and I've been trying to get that ready to go out a lot this summer. Yep. I think it reminds me what how affordable iRacing is as a hobby. Oh, it really is. I mean, it's compared to the other stuff I do. Well, exactly. We could all have race cars that we're taking out on the weekends or, or a boat, like you said. Quads. I mean, jet skis. You know, how expensive is all this stuff? Oh, yeah. I just signed up for hockey. It was 400 bucks for, you know, three months. Yep. Not to mention the hundreds of dollars of gear that I have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think people forget about that sometimes. So the good reminder, uh, it is an affordable uh, hobby, I guess is what to call it. But uh, all yeah, right, you can do it cheaply. Yeah, and that's the thing. You you know, it all depends on how far you want to take it. Yeah, I did it on a really cheap laptop with an old G twenty five hundred bucks on uh, eBay. So yeah. Well, let's uh, jump into it. NIS, uh, we've been gone a couple weeks here, uh, so let's start with Talladega. I started out as kind of a rough luck week for me. Um, I guess, Carlos, you want to start off with how you did? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> you didn't have a good run all week, I don't think, yeah, right? We just had a mediocre run. Car just right. wasn't good enough in the... I think me and Black Brad uh, made top split, like, two of the three races we did. Nah, it's just not, just not got to compete with those guys. We were still good. We were, we lucked our way up to the top ten. And, no, we actually did end up finishing eighth, I think. That was yeah. neat. Still top ten, yeah. Yeah, I'll take it. I mean, I think it. we expect more at Talladega there, out of everybody on the team. Brian, did you get any starts? I have not started in a few weeks. I've yeah. kind of walked away from it for a little bit. Yeah. You didn't miss nothing. <laughs> I'm really well, you, sad I missed Talladega. I really wanted to run that one. You, well, I got to win like I did. Uh, let me tell you about my week there. Uh, the first day open, I had a sixth. Had a bad stop, a speeding penalty. I think, Carlos, you were spotting for me that race. Um, oh, yeah. And I had to, I had the thing in the bag. I mean, I was running right where I wanted to be, and it was a green flag stop. I think it was the first one of the race, and I just cooked it in there on on old tires, and I just started braking, you know, a moment too late. And guess what? You're in the grass. Oh, I did the same thing. Went to go brake, and I had like sixty percent brake behind, so I went down to the, hit the brakes, just rear end locked up. And what happened was in my race. The yellow came out right at that exact time. So I was lucky that my car spun back out onto the track because I was able to stay off pit road. 
Because if I would have right. went to pit road, it would have been a penalty and just a whole bunch of crap there at Talladega. You missed the commitment cone then. Yeah, I got lucky there. I think twice that week I did that. And I think that first time, it was because you had this crazy brake bias in the set you gave me and and I hadn't turned it down. I do a lot of road racing. I'm just used to really low <laughs> brake biases. It's just right, that one's too much. And I just blindly drive whatever Carlos tells me to drive, and um, I don't test it or anything. It's just, let's put it in the car, let's go. And uh, obviously didn't test it on old tires, you know, getting onto pit road, and boy, that puppy just came around just like nothing. Yep. Well, what happens is, not really the braking that has the issue, it's right when you're downshifting, it wants to wheel hop so easily for some reason. Only on that particular set. On the other sets are fine. Right. So, still a sixth on that race, even though I had that bad stop. I probably could have won that one. Next race, 26, wrecked out. The next race, uh, next two races, wrecked. Uh, The first one, I actually took out teammate Tyler. Tyler Conroy. And um, it was funny because I was up near the front. He was way back in 28th or something. And when I spun off, I was had it almost saved, and then eventually he came around, and somehow he couldn't miss me, and boom, I got took him out too. So it was a tough race. Wait, wasn't Matt in one of those? He was in that same one. That's where it yeah. all started. Yeah, Matt actually bumped me that started that wreck. Well, so yeah, all three of us were involved. That was the geniuses up in front of you guys. They randomly just got spun down into the bottom of the track, and you slowed down or... Something yeah, I checked down a little or something. Yeah, man, ended up just having to... He barely touched you and sent you around, which sent you into Tyler and set off 20 other cars wrecking. So, as the week progressed, I was concerned. I was having all this bad luck. and But Sunday night, I won the fixed, my 46th career win, second in NIS this year. I won the Daytona 500, and now the uh, Talladega race. Won it last year as well, so I backed that win up. Uh, boy, I'm just so happy to get another win. Uh, throughout the week, you know, it was tough because I was like, man, this is my track. You know, I usually get uh, really good finishes here. A uh, bunch of top fives usually. I'm able to build I rating, and instead I was losing I rating. So, um. Anyway, I'm that was a great win, so uh, happy to get that. Um, I I can't. I'm like Michael Waltrip or something, where I can only win on a restrictor plate. So I want to break that somehow. I got to get a win somewhere else. As long as it's not like All Star Race in Charlotte, because that's his only other win. Right. Right. Uh, okay. Uh, there was a couple times, uh, well, during that race, let's talk about that win a little bit. They told me I was blinking. Heard it from everybody. A lot of different people were saying, Mike, you're blinking. In fact, apparently I caused two cautions because of it. Uh, and there was a, in both times I was told it was a net code thing. Because I was blinking, it was like the guy next to me 
got wrecked and he wasn't even near me because of a net code deal. So once the second time happened, I went to the back. I'm like, well, you know, I don't want to mess up everybody's race. But when I did go to the back, I did top off with one to go. Uh, and at that point, I never stopped for the rest of the race. I ran it out to the checker and I was actually saving fuel at the end to try to make it to the checkered. And I ended up running out, uh, I think on the back stretch after the checker. So I just barely had enough gas. And I was the leader for the last part of that race. And I was lifting down the straights, just like maybe to 90% throttle instead of 100%. And nobody was trying to pass me. And so it worked. And uh, I was able to save enough gas to win it. But um, yeah, big thank you to the team, to Fosi, uh, Carlos, great set. I think we got that set from somebody in the hosted and worked on it from there. So. Uh, Brad and Tyler, that same uh, event Sunday, I believe, got a second and a third. Brad got second. Tyler Conroy got the third. So it was a good week for our team. Except for Jose, I think he had his normal bad luck. What about Kansas? How'd you do there? Oh, great. I don't even remember where I finished. <laughs> Wasn't have been that good, huh? Nope, only ran the two races. And, or did I run three? Either way, I ran two at minimum. That's what I ran in. Yeah, I don't even know what my best finish was. I want to say seventh, but I'm not sure about that. Well, let's talk about how is it broken? Is Kansas broken for the A car? Well, I'll put it this way. Look at Charlotte. It's more banked than what Kansas is, and we're going slower there. I mean, we're still fast as hell at Charlotte, but we're not nearly the speed we're at at Kansas. And we can run the bottom or top. Kansas, you're stuck next to the wall and only next to the wall. Yeah, it was. it's a tough race because, like you just said, you're stuck against the wall. You can't pass down low unless they screw up. and. It's hard. Actually, except for the setup we had the first Wednesday night race was actually really good in three and four on the bottom compared to the top. But that was the only chance we could run that line because out of two on our set, we just almost want to spin. That first night was a wreck fest. Uh, for the first Wednesday fix, I finished 16th. I was high as fourth. I finally got caught up in other people's stuff, though. Uh, Brad, he got a P5. Uh, Tyler wrecked out early. Um, I think Tyler wrecked out real early, too. Like, first guy out. Uh, Brad had damage, but after every single car was damaged in some way, they were not left. There, there were not much left. Carlos, you were spotting that race, if I remember. I think you said at one point, there's one guy out here with no damage, and then eventually he got in something, too. Every single car was destroyed from some guy I won't name, but he was on this podcast before, uh, took out half the field from being impatient <laughs> and just said something like, wasn't his fault. He's always oh, says, I know it was my fault, but damn, or something like that. 
So like who was the last guy that wasn't Dan? It was Tim Phillips? Yeah, it was Tim Phillips. Playing his usual strategy. I thought he was going to win the race at one point because of that. Well, yeah, everybody's wrecked out with Tim. You know, he's looking pretty good at that point. Yeah, then he just gets a little nose damage from some someone checked up a restart. Sorry. Oh, actually, you know what? He ran in the back of me. That's what caused the hit. But it was, you know, someone who... You know those people that just slow down the field, then speed up, then slow down again before they decide to go? Yeah. Yeah, that caused a big chain reaction. And, you know, I ran to the guy in front of me. Tim Phillips ran to the back of my car. It's just... How we got no worse damage than what he had, I don't know. But that was a joke of a race. <laughs> that was kind of funny when you're like, every single car has damage. I think well, Matthew Dalton, too, was... Or one of them guys was watching. I don't know. I think he's an English guy. I don't really remember. Raced him a few times, but yeah, he got on there. He was spectating as well. And that's all we kept talking about the whole race was there's only one car not damaged. Next day, uh, open. Uh, you got a top ten, P ten. Brad was twenty first. I was nineteenth. I was caught up in other people's stuff. I think I had a good run going that race. But uh, it was towards the end, and finally, you know, luck ran out, and I ran, you know, they wrecked in front of me. I'm pretty sure I wrecked out on that Thursday afternoon race. I think I finished 20 something. Yeah, I got a P8 that night. That was my best finish. So uh, nice to have a top 10 to back up the win from Tally. And then. My final race, uh, I was running with Brad. Now, who was I running with? I was running with Jose, and uh, I got wrecked early, and then my wife actually asked me to go out to dinner and do something for once. So I actually, okay, I'm going to park it and actually get out of the car and, and walk away. And I that was the first time I've done that in a very long time. I usually uh, finish the race no matter what, you know, even if there's a blown engine. I'll wait 30 minutes, I'll get back in the car, I'll go back out there and get as much I-rating as I can, you know, and just savage as much as you can. But not that time, I I parked it. So NIS is off this week. Carlos, you put up a track guide for Kansas, back on the old channel. Well, I've always put them on mine. Okay. Yes, the other guys are kind of... I don't know what's going on. I think they put an end to the other one for a while. Till we can get more organized, so yeah. Back to yep. my channel then. There you go. So anyway, you can learn how to ride the wall, <laughs> as Carlos calls it. I, I just hate this track so much. Well, it's definitely broken. I mean, that's that's what I started out with. I mean, they need to fix it where we're not running against the wall like that. Where, yeah, I just don't. Get why it. doesn't it look like what I saw a NASCAR running at Kansas? You know, the way that they know. looked on track. I mean, it didn't look the same. Well, it's not really. I think just the way the grip data has been gathered is all weird because it works like home Homestead. They have you now the banking. Progressive big, you can run any line you want there. And even, like, literally next to the wall, like we do at Kansas, you can run there at Homestead. You can run on the white line at Homestead. Why can't we do it here? 
Right. It just needs tweaked a little bit. Not much. Let's, just a hair. For the downforce, we're carrying a lot of speed. This is ridiculous. like 190 in the corner. Which is just ridiculous speed. And isn't aren't the NASCAR boys using brake a lot? And oh, we're yeah. not using anything, you know? The only time you ever use brake is if you want to try that bottom out in three and four. And yes, where you have to throw it in like halfway to the corner. Then you get off the gas and touch the brake and get back on it right away. Right. But I don't know. It's ridiculous. I looked at this guide from this year and the one from last year. And we're going about five tenths quicker this year than we did last year. But supposedly less due downforce. Due to what? Less down for, down for us? Okay. Well, the straight speeds really aren't that much faster. It's just in the corner we're going quicker, which makes no sense. Yeah, you would think it'd be less, right? Yep. I, I don't get it. Oh, all right. NIS is off this week. I was pretty bummed out about that. We do have the Indy 500. Uh... Carlos, you and I were working on some setups earlier. Uh, we got something started anyway that's probably okay. And um, you put down a Q-Lab already. I have it. I'm probably going to run either Friday or Saturday at night. I'm not sure which one. Wait, are you meant that you put down a Q-Lab? I you meant did I test one in that session. Oh, you haven't put down an actual no, lab? Yeah, Q, Q is open right now to everybody. Yeah, it was open before I jumped in that session. I just... I forgot about it. I would see what the point is, because we're not going to make tons play with that setup. It's just no. not fast enough. And hell, I can get 39.3s. 39.2s out of that thing, and it's still two tons off. I think it's still worth trying to put up a lap, even if you don't have yeah, a why not? top split lap, because there are different starts. Isn't there four or five starts for this race? think so i'm not sure yeah I, I looked i think it's four or five starts and so they are doing the thing i understand where they're letting qualifying determine split right wait what or or are they just splitting them by i rating speed then i rating speeds first and then i rating okay All right, let's, uh, and we'll talk more about the Indy 500 later here. Let's yeah, uh, jump to dirt. What'd you do for dirt? I I haven't done any dirt. I'm afraid to lose my I rating, so. Well, I could tell you I lost 60, and then, I don't know, changed the late models on me again, so I had to figure that out all week. Which means, what, your different setups are needed? Well, you can... Everything that we worked on the previous, let's say second patch to the late models, because that was their second, third update. You had the initial release update, then you had the second update, then you had the third one, which is what we're on now. Well, the second one, the cars were all tight. They wouldn't turn. You had to mess with your setups again to get them on back. Well, going back to the new update, it resets everything to going back to the first version of the sets, but you have to change your driving style. You can't drive them the same way like you did in the first build. Because there's a lot more wheel spin now. The cars are way more sideways, which is really cool, actually, because you got to use throttle control now. You can't just mat it to the floor and hope for the best. 
took me crashing and taking some guy out on accident to figure out how to drive the thing. So I kind of, it's all throttle control. Well, as long as it's going the right way, as long as it's going to the point where it's supposed to be, you know, like the yeah. real cars, I'm, I'm okay with them making changes, you know. Like, people are all good with the winged sprint because that's how a lot of people say it's supposed to be. And there hasn't been an update since. And the right. wingless sprints, on the other hand, those have been majorly improved, but they still need some work. How is that car? I haven't even tried it. You ready to put it in the fence? <laughs> have you driven the pavement sprint car? No. Yeah, that one's just as hard. Okay. Uh, the pavement sprint's like, or the dirt version of it is like 10 times harder than the first release, but they updated it so it's kind of reasonable now. Same thing with that one is you use a ton of brake getting into the corners and a lot of throttle control again. Yeah. I still haven't bought any dirt content. If you're gonna ever buy one to go for the winged sprint, yeah, because they're not really that difficult to drive. I I think the way they released this, they if looking back at it, you know, I think they should have did it differently. I think they should have waited until they got the dirt license in place because there's people like me, and I'm not. I know I'm not the only one. That would have spent money on dirt and be running dirt every day if I had a dirt license. But I'm not spending money, and I'm not running dirt, and there's not a lot of high participation in dirt, and all of this is due to no dirt license, in my opinion. Yeah, it's improved slightly for the late models, at least. I can't say the same for all the other cars. That's slightly improved, though. I mean, how many splits are we getting on a rate, you know, normal not, weeknight? Not very much. Maybe well, exactly. two I mean, per race. If you're lucky at certain times of the day, but that's a lot like, say, something like the Proto GT and the roadside. Me and Brad could never really find a good race because they race at such weird times. You know, SOF races are either in the middle of the night or at the middle of the afternoon. I envision dirt to be way more popular. Well, it probably would be if they had their own damn license. Half the people online would be on dirt, literally. And the other half on pavement. And But it hasn't turned out that way. And uh, I think it's due to the dirt license, but we'll see. Too bad they couldn't make like, the I-rating pay out more for any finish. And the loss of I-rating wouldn't be as big. That'd be cool. You know, that'd probably get someone in the meantime until they can develop a license. Right. They tweaked the SR side of it. Why not tweak the IR of it? Just like you. That sucks with the SR, though. You could finish with one incident and lose some. Well, I mean, I don't think I've heard any complaints about the SR model for dirt. No, it's not. It's not bad at all. It's all right. Right. You're not going to, like, lose your license because you're running dirt. Yeah, that's a problem. Just... You lose too much I-rating and you don't gain enough. That's a problem. They flipped it and you gain too much I-rating and not lost it. Oh, that'd be great for now. Yeah, I lost four or 500 and I can't gain it back or I'm gaining it back, but it takes so long and it's such little tiny chunks, you know. 
It just sucks. It takes me all week to figure a car out, figure a setup out. By the time I run, there's nobody else running. Yeah, you look at Talladega. I had four or five bad finishes and then a win. But that, you know, at the end of the week, my IR's down, you know, because of that. Yeah, it's hard to gain back, that's for sure. All right, let's jump into topics. Brian, what do you got first? All right. First, we have a Twitter feed from the three-time NASCAR peak antifreeze champ, Ray Alfala, claiming his first win of the season. Yep. He finally got it done at Richmond. Congrats to Ray. I saw parts of this. Uh, Highlights, actually, not the whole thing. There was a good write-up on uh, NESN.com, as usual, about the race and how Ray won and all that. Uh, apparently, Kenny Humpy was right there uh, hounded on him about the win. Almost forgot about Humpy even being a top contender. Like well, he remember, after his we, he just got new pedals. We talked about his new pedals. But uh, good, good win for Ray. All right. Uh, next up on the F1 side, Martin Kronke. Brings it home again. Maintained his dominant form, setting the fastest lap and beating Mitchell DeJong and Gregor Hutu. And he has a perfect season now in so far. Has not lost. Wow, that's really good. Look at that mess of a picture. Coming down the front. There at Monza. Like For 30- the start. Yeah. Are there like four or five wide stuff? Yeah, yeah. It just looks oh ridiculous. How do they not pile up? Yeah, I wonder how many people were done in the first quarter. Well, it's not GT3, so there's one good start there. GT3 have 20 cars piling into each other. Still, all those open-wheel cars trying to get in that chicane, and they're all jumbled up like that. Yeah. Well, it is impressive. I tell you what, Martin Kronke is on a tear. All right, what's next? Next, we have a forum post about the next build. Um, Making big difference to the Visually to i to i racing. Uh, with this improvement, you will see the real environment reflections off the car. For example, rather than the fixed position, the easiest example to understand this improvement is currently when you pass under a bridge. The bridge would not reflect on the car. This, with this, it will. Aha. Uh-huh. Yeah. So they're going to basically as the ref- do real reflections on the car as they move through the track, which is really cool. It's something that they should be able to do. 
Yep. This is a post by Tony Gardner, CEO um, of iRacing in the forums. And uh, the last part of it is think of it as another step towards the time of day thing that everybody wants. I hope they keep working towards that. That's going to make it amazing. Yeah, you know it. Yeah, a good tidbit from him about that uh, coming up in the next build. It's called Dynamic Cube Maps is what he called it. Dynamic Cube Maps. It'll be a big difference visually. Okay. There was a post on Talladega and Tires. One guy said, in four years of racing at Talladega and Daytona, I never lost control of my car until last night, and I wiped out others in progress. The rear end came around on me. I never saw it coming. Sounds more real to me. And he's basically asking, is there increased tire wear that more than before? And uh, Carlos, looking back at Talladega, I remember getting loose in the middle of the trioval, and also coming off of two. I think that first race of the week, there were a lot of people at, after about 15, 20 laps, they were getting loose off of two if they tried to pinch it. Yeah, I never turned to the right so much in one race at a race like that. Or track. Now, if I'm not mistaken, the NASCAR plate program, as far as the downforce and spoiler and all that stuff, hasn't changed in quite some time. Mm, nope. So. Why is it different? All I can guess is the camera changes now, you know, with the, the whole update a few weeks ago. And okay. Just guessing a few other components, but going back to the tire wearing deal, they really weren't wearing more than normal. They were just getting hotter for it seemed like. But I want to explain it, like the rear, they were pushing so much out of the corners that it would eventually just snap out, coming over a bump out of two. It would just, right. like, you're turning so much, it just eventually grabs. And if you look what happened to a lot of the Hendrick cars last year, that's exactly what happened to them. They just Yeah, Jimmy would spin off on his own, and Junior did. Yeah. And Chase Elliott that one time. So you had all them. That's just, I don't know. Drafting model sucks is all I can say. I mean, it's not, not terrible, but it's not great. Yeah, I I noticed the change too, for sure. And I'm just thankful that I'm still good at the plate racing, no matter what configuration it seems to be in. But I always seem to find my way up myself in the top five. You know, I don't know how I get up there, but I do. And I felt like this year, it was all about track position. You had to have, you had to be in the top five with that on that last run to the checkered and if you're not you're not going to get there i mean it was all about track position which is kind of different than what people normally would associate with plate racing a lot of people are still stuck in this concept of mid the mid 90s or the you know or the early 2000s where 
oh, I'll just ride around the back all day, and then when it's 10 to go, I'll, I'll march my way up there. You can't do that anymore. That's, that's a thing of the past. Yeah, I found that in, even when we started the season at Daytona, like, track position was key. I mean, you, you could try to work up the last few laps, but I mean, you really had to start moving early with like 50, 60 to go to get up there to be there at the end. Yeah. Tally, what's, what's next there, Brian? Uh... Next is a Twitter post from iRacing with a ride along with Tyler Hudson around Talladega. Yeah, this, kind of uh, how-to. It's funny because this looks exactly like uh, Nolan Scott and them guys' videos, like the intro or the little flyover of the track and all those angles. That'd be cool if we get Tyler Hudson to work with us on that, but as I said, that's taking a big seat for now. Well, Plus, you there know. seemed to be a void for a, a video at that time, at that week. <laughs> There's just a lot and of things. They put the, one out. There's a lot of things they don't give Tyler credit enough, or enough credit for because he he's a huge help in the dirt community. Just thought I'd throw that out there because he does uh tries to you know up the participation by putting setups, by helping out, telling people what they need. Yeah, and he's involved in some league too that's pretty popular, some dirt league. I need to go um, find me one. Huh? Yep, and uh, I think, you know, hiring Tyler on at iRacing has been really good for both the community and iRacing, just like you said. He's he's definitely brought something to the table. I, I don't know what his official role is, but he seems to be finding a good little niche for himself, and this video proves it. I mean, he did a really good job on this. Yeah, it's really well done. He did amazing. And I'm sure it helps some of these drivers who who need some help around Tally. I mean, most guys aren't good there. I know, because I pass them. <laughs> okay, next up. On the old Twitter, Scott Speed. Back on the iRacing simulator. I haven't seen him on in a long time. He posted up uh, a couple of ex-Formula 1 guys running Renault 2.0 around Silverstone on iRacing, and He's running with uh, Rubens Barrichello. But uh, Scott Speed, I think he's been running the Robbie Gordon jump the truck thing. But I don't know, what was it, two or three years ago, he was on all the time. We used to run, run in races that he would be in and see him on, but I haven't seen him in a long time. But anyway, he posted, so I put it up. I remember watching him when he was a, a secondary driver in Formula One. Yep. Yeah, he's been around. All right, what's next? Next is a forum post about the Season 2 uh, Patch 6 release. Patch 6? Holy cow. Yeah, Patch 6 already. Uh, this maintenance will affect all iRacing.com reasons and members uh, will be unable to join or host a session during the downtime. Uh, the downtime will be Tuesday, the 9th. This has already happened, yeah. So I, I just installed this because I haven't been on it in a while, so I didn't know when it happened. 
Yeah, this is the one that changed the lead model on me. Ah. Yeah. What did it affect? Do what? What did it mostly affect? Something to do with the rear end. Gotcha. All right. Uh, next up. You know, a question came up in the forums again. Could iRacing increase the car count in the NIS to 43? And Tyler Hudson posted up. Actually, this has been discussed even recently. And it may very well come to this. But personally, if it's possible, I'd rather have it work more across the board for different series. So it's interesting that he at least acknowledges that, you know, that that we're asking for 43. I don't know why they they won't do that. I mean, I'm fine with 40. I mean, because that's what NASCAR does. They don't do 43 anymore. I think 43 is a number of the past, but why not 40, you know? It's so much better than an odd number like 37. I mean, yeah, that's the thing. What's the big deal about three more cars? So, anyway. What's up uh, next? Next is we have McLaren launches eSport contest for F1 simulator job. And it is a, it is, uh, was it motorsports.com has written an article about McLaren, McLaren is offering a job as an F1 simulator driver to the winner of a new esports competition it has launched in conjunction with renowned gaming company Logitech. Wow. You can get paid to race a simulator. Yeah, Red skimmed through this article here. I don't see any more information on how to join it or which, you know, simulator you can get in to do it. I don't know where they're going to hold it on. I think they need to hire Martin Kroenke. Yeah, seeing as though he's or unstoppable this season. Gregor Hutu or somebody like that. Those guys, I bet you they're chomping at the bit on this particular opportunity. You get to work for McLaren in the factory in Europe, go to the racetracks, work with the engineers. And it's like being a a third driver on a Formula One team, which is actually a huge honor, you know. It's amazing that it's come to this, that we have real world, real big teams like McLaren, Honda, you know, actually posting a position that's a paid yearly, it's a year contract to run their their simulator, and they're going to have a contest to with a grand finale that'll be held at McLaren's factory in the autumn to put up the 10 finalists up against each other. Prize winner is given the one-year contract, and we'll get to work with the engineers at the factory and at the racetracks. Yep. That's awesome. I can't wait to hear where they're what what simulator they're actually going to host the competition on to actually be able to register for this. It's going to be interesting. Yep. 
Yeah, it'll be cool to find out who they actually hire. Is it going to be somebody we know of that's active in iRacing? Or, you know, who's going to be able to get it? Well, it says competitors will be pitted against each other on a host of racing games on different platforms. So I think they're going to... I don't know how they're going to gather the competitors. That's what I'm wondering. But it seems like they're going to put you on a bunch of different simulators and different, you know, know, PlayStation, Xbox, computer, whatever they're going to give you to run, you know, and probably their own simulator as well to see the best of the best across the board of different brands. Yep. I'm still interested how they're going to gather the competitors. Yeah, not a lot of details there, but if there's a Formula One team involved, I'm sure, you know, we know they have the money to do it. Fly them in, you know? All right, next up, uh, David William Land posted up on the forums a special event, June 16th, $400 to win the super late model race. Um, he calls it the greatest show on virtual dirt. Um, but the Dash for Cash Super Late Model Series is uh, putting up some money. It's a $20 entry fee. Uh, it says here on the graphic, 300 to win, 200 for second, 100 for third, 50 for fourth, 25 for fifth, and 20 bucks for eighth through tenth. So the payouts to the top ten. And you can uh, get involved at facebook.com backslash dash for cash SLM. So I, I thought uh, we'd talk about this. Uh, we've always seen uh, money races in the hosted for usually uh, Talladega and Daytona. But now we see it for dirt. Is that a first? It was the first I'm hearing of it. I'm certainly not good enough to think I can win some money, so you won't see me doing it. <laughs> Had the car under me, I would, but still. I got out of trying to do money races a long time ago. I think like two or three years ago, I said, this is nonsense. I was curious to... how they'll race. Yeah, what kind of, and that's the thing, what kind of officiating will go down? You know, is they going to be down and dirty as they're fighting for the big money? That's what I wonder. All right, what's up next? Um, can you grab that one? I'm having issues. It won't All let right. me open the yeah, link this right one now. Is, the uh, 500. Okay. Tony Gardner posted up another nice little tidbit. And it's about the dirt license that we were talking about before that I think they made a huge mistake on there. But he, and he's talking about what does it take to, to do this? He says, quote, the amount, the most amount of work for this is on the front end web, back end web, data and infrastructure side, and it involves multiple people. The entire infrastructure and data system are built on road and oval only and we essentially have to rip out the guts of that and do it all over again to have the flexibility to create new license types. On top of all that, we are building essentially an all-new infrastructure and application. So he's trying to 
you know, it's real easy for people me to, like me to say, oh, we need a dirt license. You know, at the end of the day, there's a reason that they, we don't have a dirt license right now. And this is the reason, you know, it's just the way that they initially built it when they started this thing 10 years ago. I don't think they envisioned more than road and oval. hard to edit existing code right especially when you don't leave any out you know any easy way to do that you know like you said they just built everything around those two only and there's no way to add additional ones you know they didn't build it that way so that means they have to start over so to speak so yeah i mean it's a good tidbit to at least realize why this is taking so long and and those kind of things good to hear they're working on it yeah it's one of those things like it's coming soon <laughs> hashtag soon okay next are you have... back you got it want to take the next one well i i'm having issues connecting to iRacing for some reason when i click on the members stuff it gives me a oh. 500 message uh -huh. but I, i've got the twitter one open um Next is a Twitter post, um, and it is by NESN Fuel, um, and said they visited the people at, NAS at iRacing to see how they build a digital car, and it is even more complex than they thought. Got a nice little article over there on their website about this with a video. Talking about laser scanning and AutoCAD and how they use those tools to really build the content that we're racing and iRacing. That is some complex stuff. I'm just dipping my toe into learning how to do that stuff with the boat building stuff I do, and it is, oh, it's really complex. Yeah, they show, like, uh, the guy sitting at his desk where... You can see the CAD drawing of the car and the track, and uh, it's interesting for sure. If you want to learn how iRacing is built behind the scenes, this is a must-watch video. So you can find it over at NESN.com. It's very scientific. There's a lot of engineering, more engineering involved than you would think, and Pretty cool. Yeah, there's a lot to it, man. Laser scanning the car is one thing. Getting it to interact with the track surface is something completely different. All right, next up. Happy ninth year iRacing anniversary to the beta testers, the original beta testers of iRacing. Apparently, it's been nine years. So, David Weiss. Posted up, but uh, he joined May 6, 2008, and this last uh, May 5th, he posted up. It's been nine years. Happy anniversary. Happy anniversary, guys. Thanks for the beta test. The product has turned out great. Yeah. Wouldn't it be cool to be one of the first guys? That's, that's so cool. Yeah, I'm looking at the how many of the original betas are still running? 
Someone put a video there. Sean Cole's first look at everything. Back in the day, and man, this brings me back. I wasn't really around till after a year into iRacing. Right. But man, just the way the page looks, it looks so weird compared to now. That's a long time ago. Nine years is a long time. All right. Uh, we skipped the next one. We already talked about the uh, P6 release. Uh, in the release notes, you said they changed the late model on you, and that's about all they did. They updated some setups on the A car as well and the Indy car. But other than that, there was one other bug that was fixed where very fast cars could cross the start-finish line before the green flag was thrown at some tracks. This was causing various components of race control to break such as incorrectly penalizing the second-place driver for passing the leader with a black flag. So there was a bug for that, and they fixed it. All right, what's next? Next is a forum post, and it is the Commodore Garage number 24, and it is Sim Racing News. Yeah, they do the push loose condition and break down the physics of that as well as what to do with your setup, you know, to to fix the problem, you know, how to adjust the car accordingly. And uh, it's a typical Commodore's Garage great article if you want to learn uh, how to crew chief an A car. Oh, God, that's, that's uh, Kansas all over again. The push loose? <laughs> Yes, what me and Brad struggled with on that Wednesday race. It wouldn't turn for a while, and then you felt like you're so comfortable, and finally you get it to turn the way you want, and then it just grabs and spins you out because you're turning so much. Yep. All right, check that out. Next up was iRacing tweeted out uh, RaceBot TV is going to broadcast the Indy 500 on Saturday, the 4 p.m. Eastern one. Which I'm going to miss. I'm going to be at work. I'm going to miss that one. I should try to get my setup to be within the top time. Let's try to make that split. Yep, so that'll probably be the FOV split. I mean, the... uh, Strength SOF. of field, SOF, uh, Matt. The SOF race. Uh, I just want to finish one of these damn things. I'm trying to... One. This is going to be my first year. I'm really looking forward to it. All well, we I can say is avoid up. everyone. Avoid the wrecks. That's the thing. I think I'm just going to do like I did at Daytona and just kind of stay, try to stay in the... 10, 15 place range and just ride it out to the end. Then again, there's a... You have to get going at least halfway. You gotta start trying to make your way up because you think you have time left and then it just runs down so quickly just because of how fast the indie cars are. Oh, yeah. You're clicking laps by real quick. Now we're doing like 233 or something in a race set down the straights with a draft. And the qualifying's about the same, but it's by yourself. And... Having the best setup with the best draft, you're probably pushing 240. God, that's moving. 
least that's how it was last year. Not much has really changed with the IndyCar. In fact, one of our sets was from last year, but I'm scrapping that. I went to use the fix and made a completely new set out of both of them, so... Or it should be in decent shape. I really can't wait. The open-wheel cars are so much fun to drive with the Oculus on, because you just... It is just so much better than the, the in-car view. Well, after doing the, the race at Michigan that I got wrecked out of the lead, after doing that, you can... It's really not that difficult to get used to it because the Michigan set gets loose after like 15 laps. And loose is absolutely terrifying in these cars. Yeah, definitely with Indy because it's very line specific. Indy's problem is you turn in too early, you touch the curb, you're done. You turn in too late, you're going to smack the wall. Yeah, you, you got to be right on it every lap. There's very little wiggle room in the corner. Yeah, and it's aero tight when you're behind somebody big time. It's what I noticed in practice today. Yeah, it's especially worse in Indy. That's just only the one line, but you you can actually peek out a little bit to the second groove to get some air on the nose, and then it'll turn. All right, what's next? Next is... Uh post by PC Gamer. They did a write-up about the new Intel i9 leak. I saw some posts about this in the news recently, and I haven't really read up on it, but I'm kind of interested in it. Well, yeah, it's the first time I've ever heard of an i9. That's Yeah, this is their first new line in a long time. I mean, they've run with the same basic three forever. Right, the i7 has been around at least for three or four years. Oh, the i7 has been around much longer. Yeah, Is that longer than that? Years, yeah. So. Wow. So what has Intel been doing for the last years, you wonder? Wait, the, I, the i7 has been out for since like 2010 or 2009 or something like that. Wow. I had no idea it was that long. But they had like eight generations of it. So you had the i7, 2000 series, and 3000, 4000, 5, 6, now 7. So that's 7,000, 7 series of it, so that's kind of cool. They're finally doing something. Yep. Well, with with AMD releasing their new stuff, they had to release something new. Yeah, I don't know if I'll ever go back to an AMD. I mean, they're okay for the price, just... Mine was like an oven. That was the thing. When I was looking at the build for the price versus the what I would have to do to cool the system and the amount of power it would consume to get the same thing I could get out of the Intel for just a little bit more money. I'll save money over the length of the years of, that I own the computer just not running that much power and trying to cool it. I got a 4790 Intel on that about two years ago. It's not, not too bad. It still gets the job done, but I hate when they uh, tease these new things so now you want them. Yeah. My uh my processor is what, three or four years old and it's I7 3770. Now they're running I sevens and seven above seven thousand. So you're right, there's been a lot of generations of that I seven, but now they have the I nine apparently coming out, so pretty cool. 
Uh, next up, Motor Sims Magazine, which I'm a fan of, has released, I think, their third uh, art, uh, third magazine, and it's out. I guess you could just Google Motor Sims Magazine to find it. I think I found it on Facebook somewhere. But uh, pretty cool. It's got the normal articles. It's got the Commodore's Garage Extra. They talk about pre-bind, track bar. Oh, can you get like actual like physical copies of this? No, I think it's digital only from what Damn, I understand. Damn, that would understand. be cool though. Get a print copy? Yeah, yeah just like not physical stuff. that many pages. But he's got some sponsors. He's got some, they post up some pictures of some paints and uh, a league directory as well and, and so forth. It's pretty cool. All right, what's next? Up next is uh, Ty Majeski takes the season opener at Lacrosse Speedway. Uh, another win. <laughs> another win for Ty Majeski. He's knocking him out. Well, isn't that his thing? You know, his late models, like, that's his best type of vehicle. Yeah, this was a NASCAR Wheeling series, I believe. He also uh, tweeted up, I think it was just today. Yep, uh, today he was at Iowa Speedway testing the Xfinity car for Roush Fenway. So there's a rookie test going on today. Um, Matt Tift was there. Uh, Ty Majeski, I'm not sure who else. Matt Tift was in the Joe Gibbs car. But um, pretty cool. I mean, he's coming up here next month. Uh, he's going to be getting his first NASCAR start. And uh, pretty excited for Ty Majeski, who was also named to this year's class of Na uh, what's called NASCAR Next, which is the up-and-coming NASCAR generation class. Uh, also, a familiar name in that uh, class, Carlos, I saw today. Um, Chase Cabre, you remember him? Oh no! <laughs> he made it. He's gonna go. That's he's gonna cool. be in NASCAR. Well, he is a good driver. He's fast. I'd rather race him than Cole. Yeah, Chase Cabre. What? When did we run with him? Maybe a year or two ago. Oh, I don't know. I just ran with him uh, in Martinsville, I think. Okay. Yeah. So he's still around. And, uh, but he's young. I was surprised at how young he was. I didn't realize, uh, what a kid he is, but congrats to him. And of course, Ty Majeski as well for making the NASCAR next class. It's going to be cool come June when Majeski gets his first start in Xfinity, but it's also going to be the first start for iRacing as a major sponsor in NASCAR on a car. But didn't they sponsor Marcus Ambrose? I think that was only associate spot. Like, wasn't it just quarter panel? Oh, no, it was legitly the whole car. Oh, was it the whole car? He's a believer. Well, oh, that's right. That's where those uh, die casts came from, right? Yeah, they did it for a couple of races, I think. That's it. Right. But if they got a primary full season sponsor, I don't know. 
Well, I'm still hoping that, uh, you know, in 2018, Ty Majewski is going to be an Xfinity full-time with iRacing as the full-time sponsor. Uh, that has yet to be determined, but boy, if he could pull off a win or at least a top 10 in his first start, would not be something. And I'm not Xfinity, at least Lisa trucks. I don't know that Roush is involved in trucks anymore at all. No. He's definitely in bed with uh, Roush Fenway, so it's whatever program they have for him. All right, let's get into uh, final thoughts, Brian. Glad to be back behind the wheel. Looking forward to doing some Indy 500 stuff this weekend and uh, ready to get back at it. 10-4. Everyone needs a break, and uh, you come back refreshed, ready to race, huh? That's right. All right. Carlos, oh. what do you got? Oh, I don't know. Uh, oh, what do we got? Just just the 8500, there's nothing else. That's what I was thinking when uh, I first saw you today. I was like, where's the NASCAR race? And damn it, we don't have one. It's an off week, basically. Um, one of those rare off weeks and... It's funny, in the NASCAR schedule, everyone complains it's too long, there's too many races, this and that. But when you do have an off week, it feels so odd because you're so much in a routine of racing every Wednesday and Thursday night, you know. And so I'm I'm thrown off a little bit, you know, uh, by that. But uh, I'll enjoy the off week. I'll do some Indy 500 stuff and uh, maybe I'll tiptoe into the dirt, elite, maybe dirt practices a little bit. Uh, I, won't, I probably won't race, but uh, yeah, so I think that's it. Uh, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us at our YouTube channel at iRacers Lounge. Follow on Twitter and Facebook at iRacers Lounge and SoundCloud at iRacers Lounge. See you on the track.